Hello, this is John Renaud, and you're listening to the Mobile Radio Carnival via the CEF.world. Check us out, Uncommon Genius for the Common Types. This is Redgrave Jones, and you're listening to the Mobile Radio Carnival with your host, John Renault. See, that was fantastic. I, I greatly appreciate the intro. You got it. I was going to go super French and go like Renault, but See? I don't want to freak anybody out. Well, like I was joking with you, at least one of us would know what the, the proper way to say the name is. It's been so, you know, it's like John Renaud from Detroit. It's not Jean Renault from Detroit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so speaking of that, where are you from? I'm from South Jersey originally. Ah, I, for yeah. some reason, I thought you were from New York. That's interesting. I lived in New York for 10 years. So sometimes I say I'm from New York because it's cooler. <laughs> and, and and so when you were in New York, you were doing music and you were part of the music scene there, I assume? Uh, yeah, I moved to New York to actually get my finish my music degree. And um, while I was in school, I did some weird things, actually. I um, I, I studied opera for I was in. I oh, wow. Interesting. I, OK, here's the deal. I was studying jazz to get better chops for my rock stuff. And to learn more piano. And then I was learning opera to strengthen my voice. Yeah. And then I found this metal band, this gothic metal band. Um, I, they found me or I found them on MySpace. So it was those years. And they were looking for a keyboard player to sing operatic backing vocals. And so I was like, hey. And so it was super fun. Like, I'm not into metal it's the one style of music that I just don't really. It's, it's a little rugged, isn't it? It's it's much, yeah. it's much. But I had so much fun. It was a good band. And um, they would like look dead, put on makeup and look dead, like black lipstick. So it was like Halloween whenever we played out. So that was fun. And I had a band with my music, sang with some jazz, jazz bands. Yeah. Too, yeah. You know, it's interesting. You just, you just like, I have a bunch of questions I was going to ask you and you kind of answered like 50 of them. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good because I, I, one of the things, man, I just don't know where to start now because you, you just loaded, you front loaded it with such, such beautiful, like history of where you're coming from. Sorry, I uh, love my him thing, to give you information. Oh my gosh. No, it was fantastic. <laughs> and my, my thing, one of the first things I was going to ask you was, um, if you had, uh, you have a rather artful approach to your music. And I was going to ask you about if you studied formally with mm. music or not. So obviously you have. Mm -hmm. And then I was going to ask, too, if you favored like blues or jazz because of the fact that so many of your songs incorporate at the very least. There's certainly rock and roll or alt rock, but at the same time, you incorporate this just some phrasing yeah. and some relaxed aspects of both jazz and blues with your voice. Yeah, yeah. So is that something you favor? Is that something you just mm -hmm. naturally gravitate to? Yeah, so my history, my grandfather was a jazz drummer. So okay. there's that. You know, I'm I grew up listening to Motown and um I fell in love with blues when I was about ten or eleven. Yeah. So that's where that part comes from. And then uh I went to jazz I studied at the I did a little bit of time <laughs> at Berkeley. Um 
when I was younger. And then I went back to music school in my like mid twenties to the new school for jazz and contemporary music. So I did a ton, like literally everything I wrote after I graduated swung. It was so annoying. Right. Um, Cause I didn't want to like, I, um, I didn't necessarily go there to become a jazz musician, you know? Right. Um, but so, yeah, that's where that comes from. And then I fell in love with Billie Holiday over the years. Yeah. What's not to love about that? Yeah. She's a huge influence. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Etta James, those are probably my two biggest ladies. You know what? You know, what's kind of interesting though, and comes to mind when you say that is I, I perused many of your uh, live performance videos and you have kind of a uh, performance art aspect of yourself. That's a, a little more like like Morrison in a way because there's a darkness to it. Yeah, yeah. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and so it it it's it's not like your whole ambiance has little to do with jazz in a way. I mean, it, oh, hundred percent. Yeah, you know, I don't I want it to have anything to like. Listen, God bless jazz players, jazz musicians, uh, but I wanted nothing to do with jazz when I got out of jazz school. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny actually. Yeah. Yeah, but you do you 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 cultivate this uh, this energy and and dark is I think the wrong, but that's what kind of comes to mind. It's not. I mean, really that's the what right. I call. That's what I call it because it's not happy. Yeah, you know? it's that, but makes me happy. Yeah, but it's not necessarily happy. You know? It's also very, it seems like, I mean, I have not had the, the uh, privilege to see you perform live. Um, and perhaps when the dark veil of COVID lifts, I'll be able to do that. But it has an intensity that's very, I used to do performance art myself. Oh, sweet. And so I dig like the way you present yourself because it's you, but it's not you at the same time is what it feels like. Like it's you possessed a little bit. If this it's makes totally sense. It, it is. Yeah. I'm yeah. a like, if you meet me, like you're meeting me, like I'm a dork. I'm a bit of a weirdo. Uh, um, I'm super duper. I have huge amount of stage fright. Uh, As and, do I actually. Yeah. So, you know, when I go on stage, I'm just, I'm a grave Jones and like something happens. So that happens like before I go on stage, I feel like I'm going to die, generally speaking. And I'm like, how the fuck am I going to do this? And then um, I go on stage and I just have so much fun. Yeah. And it's, well, it's a dark, it. you know, like Pink Floyd, dark side of the moon. It's like yeah. the dark side of my soul. And it's like, it's just the best way to talk about it. It's funny, too, because I can see that you draw tremendous joy from performing and but it is, it's like, I, I, I don't want to cheat you because it's not really a character. It doesn't feel like a character. It feels like you. It feels like it's just that part of you that you're like, okay, you people are in for a special treat. You get to see my darker mood me. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a bit of a sense of humor rolled into that at some level. Yeah. But it's just not the funny light sense of humor, I guess. Yeah, totally. I mean, exactly. that's the vibe I get from it. And, and hey, you're it just, good. You're totally good. You figured me out. Well, I, I, I do. I, it's lovely to watch. It's lovely to hear. And so it's kind of, it, it creates a fascination. So you, I think you've accomplished what you've artfully set out to do, but it doesn't feel like you're 
doing performance art at the same yeah. time. So, it's which a is fine really line. Cool. It's yeah. a fine line. Like I've heard that before that it's like performance art, but here's the deal. Like I was a dancer. I was a ballet dancer before I got I totally into music yeah. and I'm also an actress. And, um, I love dance. Like dance is my heart. Ballet is my heart. And when, when I go on stage, I can like moving, is like a big part of performing. You know, that's why I really prefer to not play keys the whole time because I really like to move around and stuff. Um, I just, I get to do everything yeah. when I'm on stage. Yeah. I would have guessed you were a dancer because of the, uh, because of your movement, albeit it's not really, again, it's, it's not so obvious that you're doing a dance piece, but you certainly physically, and again, I've not seen you live. I'm just going off of the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the barrage of videos I looked at. And I'm just like, damn, this lady like creates this whole vibe very, very well. Uh, I really have enjoyed that. I enjoy, you know, we we bumped into each other, I believe, uh, due to Pluto Radio, yeah. which you were even kind enough to do a show for us. Um, and we've played your music and supported you since since we found you because it, you have, you're kind of what Pluto Radio, I think, is supposed to be about, where it's just, you have such a unique thing that you're doing that I think, I suspect a lot of people overlook it because they can't, peg you into a uh you know the round hole if yeah in yeah you're in, if in fact you're the square peg yeah yeah um i'm like so, a blub i'm like a i'm like a blub that like is all kinds of weird angles well yeah i think that you're i yeah. think you're just pursuing your own artistic voice so so you you started in jersey bumped to new york for 10 years is that what well, you said well, there were a couple bumps before that i bumped mm -hmm. around a lot but um yeah, I uh, I was in Philly for a while, and um, I love Philly. I kind of consider Philly and New York my home, my home states. I got out of Jersey as soon as I could when I was like oh. fifteen or sixteen. Um, but um, uh, yeah. What? Wait. What was the question? <laughs> I was just saying. So you started in Jersey. I was rehashing the, the progression because I got way off. I was going to kind of bring the audience through where you stopped and stayed on your way to L.A. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So I was in New York. Um, I made a pit stop in Portland, Oregon. Interesting. Um, it's a long story. It involves an ex-boyfriend. A dude, yeah. It's always yeah. a dude, right? Or Always it, a goddamn yeah. dude. Yeah. Always a dude. Um, but that was dope because I actually made some cool acting connections up there. Didn't I wasn't doing... Okay, so here's the thing. I stopped making music for about eight years uh, and towards the end of my time in New York and in Portland. I just... Uh, I just couldn't do it. I was like locked. I, my voice was doing weird things. Um, I, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't, there was nothing wrong with it, but I had vocal damage in my twenties and I sort of had to relearn how to sing, which is like a, the most painful fucking thing that I've ever had to do. And so I would stop and start. And so then um, I moved to LA for acting and I came across a music friend of mine who heard me sing. I was singing in this play. And uh, our connection sort of got me making music again. That's very cool. I did. Yeah. I sat out for about ten years. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. It sucks, right? Well, I I think when I sat out, I think I was happy about sitting out. I think really? I, I think to it was kind of I I guess painful would be a, it just was something I was done with. 
Oh, okay. And then I ended up working at the Dresden in Hollywood and Marty and Elaine play there and they do jazz and they, every night I'd show up, she'd invite me to come up and sing with them. I'm like, Hey, I, I just don't do what you guys do. It took her about two years to talk me into it. And I started singing with them and they would just kind of cheat over into blues instead of jazz. And yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple years later I had my voice back and I thought, fuck, I might just, well start recording again. Yeah. So it kind of eased back into it, but I understand why a person might go down for a while. It yeah. sounds like you you had some physical issues as well. And I couldn't express myself, you know, like it's the worst thing in the world to like, like, no, you can do something well yeah. and, and not be able to let go and do it and express freely. It's like the most painful thing. I mean, I've expressed many, experienced many painful things. And I, that's probably like the top two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Why don't we do the listeners a favor and play one of your tunes so they know what we're talking about? And I'd like to, for the first song, throw on House on the Hill. Yeah, sure. That'd be fantastic. So I'll put that on right now. Awesome. Thanks.
I think that's an amazing version of that song. In fact, that is the song that I first heard that inspired us to contact you from Pluto Radio and start putting your vibe on. What what kind of compelled you? Obviously, you already brought up Pink Floyd. Are you a fan? Is that what kind of inspired that? Or was it just the mm. song you knew you needed to sing? It's one of those songs where it's like, I don't even know where the hell that song came from. Like, I was finishing my my time at the new school and I was writing some songs that I needed. I had to do a performance at the end of the year. And so I had songs that I had started when I was at Berkeley, like, uh, what was that? Like 10 years before. And I had some new songs and that song. And so this is the great thing that about music school for me is like, I, the way I work, is like, I had to learn all the rules so that I could break them. Like, I'm not, I can't play. I'm not like a Jimi Hendrix. Like, I, I feel lost without knowing what's going on. So, but so the funny thing is Household at Home makes no sense theoretically, like musically. Right. Um, and I have no idea where the fuck it came from. Um, uh, it's one of my favorite songs to play and it's evolved a lot too over the years. Well, it's a I great s- version of the song. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. And it's funny. I was going to ask you too, you, I'm kind of right in sync with you. I was going to ask you if, and this might sound like an odd question, but did you have to kind of make sure study of music didn't ruin like this free aspect of how you present music? Was that ever an issue? But you kind of just explained it. Like yeah. you were happier learning the rules to break the rules, which yeah. is what Picasso did, by the way. People think Picasso just started draw, yeah, you yeah. Know, drawing wacky stuff, where in truth he was, he was if, you, uh, if you looked at some of his earlier work, it was very representational. It was very well done. But then he yeah. started bending the rules. Yeah. Um, so that's more like your vibe. That's more what you're saying uh-huh. you do. I have to be careful. Um, the thing that happens sometimes, my I, my music, um, I'll be like, I'm gonna write just a simple rock song, like yeah. four chords, and like I can't. Like I I write these epic, like kind of prog rocky, even though I'm not prog rocky sort of compositions. Right. So like my goal is to write like a four chord song, but that, but I like I said, you know, I like and like you said, I answered it. Uh, a little bit before I need to learn the rules. Like I've been, I've played the same like seven chords on the guitar for like over 20 years. And whenever I would sit down to play, I would just kind of, if I can't figure out where all the note, I'm used to the piano. Like, but I just started to do some tutorial. Like I need to learn, like I need to know I'm like very right brain and left brain. Like I love math and English. So I, I, I needed the music school. I think it did. I think it actually gives me freedom, a freedom that I wouldn't have had. It makes sense to me. I think I, you know, God love my father. He pushed me into piano lessons and it gave me at least a really solid understanding of scales and chords. And I I never really got good at playing the piano, but I think I needed what you got. I needed to understand the structure of it more so I could have destroyed it later Whereas I would always have problems writing because I didn't have the knowledge of, of the basis of it enough, right? And I, mm-hmm. I guess every, I just talked to a cat who's a guitar player, self-taught completely, which is the opposite mm-hmm. of what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, do you write on your guitar as well as your keyboard? Sometimes. I Lately, I have been... Um, because it's just fun. You get 
for me, a, I have to dumb down my songs a little bit because I don't know how to play like a E flat minor seven flat five, you know, on the right. guitar. Right. Um, and, and the thing that's fun about so uh, and I don't know where all the notes are on the guitar. So I'll just mess with like I, I like I love the bass. Actually, the bass is one of my favorite other instruments to play. So I'll kind of use the guitar as a bass and I'll just kind of get a groove and like a bass line, but guitar riff kind of a crossover and kind of use that as a bass for a song. Yeah. Um, and it's, I, I like, I, I really want to get an electric guitar cause that's like a whole another world for writing music. But um, yeah, yeah, it's I different. I start I when I started writing songs I did I I bought a Mustang bass which is a a bass with a shorter fret you know with shorter shorter frets. Oh, okay. And I did exactly the same thing. I would write like because I, I understood like chord structures and things like that so I would write like I'd start playing around with the root of the 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 chord and progressing into some little riff maybe that I'd say to the guitar player this is what I want you to do but this is what basically where the song moves and mm -hmm. it's it, it's probably pretty unusual I think you're one of the only other people I've ever heard say that you will write on a bass guitar oh really maybe, yeah maybe it's a little more common than I know but I, I yeah. whenever I did it you know I, I used to get grief from musicians they're like oh I'll use a bass guitar to write the song and it's like <laughs> hey dude, dude yeah that's what I'm doing okay so yeah I don't know. and it's like way cooler than using a guitar so <laughs> I didn't think to say him. that <laughs> I didn't think to say that I wish I was that sharp back in the day well, hopefully you come across him and you could be like by the way I was sharpened up I'm the cool one okay yeah bass is where it's at baby yeah so that's very cool that's that's so so you landed in la and then you've been here a while and started playing out after you were here mm -hmm. because you were acting and then you drifted back into hey i'll perform out live is that what happened yeah i wasn't here too long i was only here about a year when i met ran into my friend who's a producer and that's who i did luckiest girl in the world with yeah and then i started playing out so i was playing out a lot of my second third fourth year in LA and um, then then I was just sort of a I was sort of in a tri I needed to write so I wasn't I sort of set back on playing and I took some time I'm like learning Ableton and learning I love writing beats that's another way I write I'll start with a beat yeah so I've been doing that and then COVID hit so yeah COVID um, kind of jammed us up on a lot of things didn't it mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. um so that's you've played how many how many clubs in LA? See, I haven't played a lot of clubs in LA because mm. I just got back into it as well. Oh, and then okay. I had a band together and then COVID oh. took the legs out. Yeah, um, yeah. So you've played in you played the Viper Room. I noticed that. I've been pretty lucky. Yeah. I played the Viper Room. Um, I play the whiskey with a different band. Every once in a while I'll play with somebody else, my friend. Uh, my old neighbor actually was a really good musician. He had a great group of musicians. We played all these print songs at the whiskey. Oh, nice. That was super fun. Um, but yeah, I've hit most of the spots. Um, um, like uh, the Mint, I've played a couple times. I love that place. Um, this the study I never played at. I played the House of Blues in um, oh, nice. Anaheim. That I played there twice. That place is awesome. Um, uh, the Har Har was it Harvard and Stone? Yeah, that play that was a nice gig too. It was a nice stage. 
So yeah, I've been doing the rounds, you know. Do you feel when you when you play out and you do your theatrics that it's dependent on the room as to how well that's received or do you just get so into it that you don't really pay attention to what's going on? A little bit of both. You know, I have an ego, so I like to know it's like, or, or people, it's, it's one or the other. People are either like, like what, yeah. and really Leaning like, in. really love my music and really love what I'm doing. And then I think I freak people out sometimes. Interesting. Yeah. There's a spot outside of LA. I think, well, Tarzana, I don't know if that's considered LA. Um, there's a bar out there that I've played a bunch called, oh, what is it called? I gotta get back to you on that. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> I've done a couple solo shows there. It's a real blue collar neighborhood, regular, like the lady who's been in the cocktail waitress there is like, looks older. Like she could be my grandmother. Like people have been there forever and right. they are the best. They love me there. I feel so like, I feel like I'm doing God's work when I play there. It's like, nice. it's so nice. Um, the hell is that place called sugar mill maui sugar oh, mill yeah. yes yeah yeah that's I, uh, yeah so i think it depends too it's just I, i've come to realize it's just like uh i know that there's like the 90s generation that's older now i know that they tend to get what i do um but then you, you don't but it's very also not just that you know it's uh it just depends if if you like what I do or not, I guess. Yeah, it's probably true. I just was wondering, like, 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 because that would be that's just your feeling on it, right? And it's like, well, John, look, I'm so into it, I don't really pay attention. And not to say you wouldn't care what's going on, but or yeah, sometimes it just feels weird because here I am emoting this thing, and it just yeah, yeah. doesn't seem to be landing. I mean, I have a blast no matter what. Like, um, like uh. You know, I just getting back to it for a while. So it's not like I had a ton of people at my gigs and I'm just happy to be on stage with a great band like my bands have been so good. And it's like, honestly, if somebody walks away, I'm kind of like, really? Like, this is really fun. And I think yeah. this is pretty fucking good. But if you want to go in the other room and eat a burger, like, that's fine. Like, yeah, so I'm like. But honestly, it's like I said, it is a little bit of both. Like sometimes I'm up there, I'm having so much fun. I don't really fucking care what's going on. But, you know, when you hear people clapping and enjoying themselves, that's that's such a big part of it, you know, and that's a part I um I think that I crave the most that is missing with COVID and, you know, because uh, I've been doing a lot of streaming, like I'll do streaming shows, which is better yeah. than nothing. You know, but to have that energy in the room, like it's the best. No, I know what you mean. It, it's um, it's it, it, like I kind of feel the same way that you do, maybe because I didn't do it for some time. So I really, really enjoy doing it now. And it's like I've, I've done shows where I'm not feeling well, for example, and, and it still doesn't seem to matter because it's just like, dude, I have this time that I get to do this and I can feel like this might be delusional, but I can feel how plugged in the night is. And it's just like, let, let's just let it be, you know, let's enjoy yeah. it. 
And it's like when I find myself overly concerned about who's there and who's watching, those are the shows when there's like not a lot of people, you know, when I'm just doing my thing and having fun, like, I feel like that gets people's attention more and intrigues people I more agree. when you yeah. don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. Cause you just, well, you're, it, that's what it is. It's an indulgent thing. I have an ego mm. as well. I'm, you know, I, I'm always concerned with uh, fulfilling that artistic ego, mm -hmm. and and that's part of it. A, a friend of mine who um, was somewhat successful as a a rock guy, he he describes it as you're standing on the cliff, and they 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 don't necessarily want to see you fall off, but they want to feel like you're about to fall off. Yeah. And he goes, and if you fall off, yeah, they want to see what happens when you fall off. It, yeah. It's, you know. Yeah. It, it, and it's, I don't know, it's an unusual exchange, I think, but it's a lot of fun when things are going right and it's happening mm -hmm. in that groove. Do you feel at all like it's uh, that being an actor and being that type of performer is one and the same? Do you separate them? They're different. Um, and one of the reasons I did acting instead, because it's just easier for me, I, I didn't get as nervous because um, music is so personal. Um, but I definitely have an exhibitionist nature. Like I want people to look at me, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like I, um, I don't know why I'm not. It's like, it's just, uh, it just, it's just fun. And, uh, yeah, so it's a different, it's different. There's a magic that happens with acting, which is why people do it, even though they're waiting tables and like, they're like, shouldn't I have yeah. curtains at this point in my life? But because you fall in love with this feeling that you get, it's like kind of jumping out of an airplane, but different, but it connects you. It's this connection and this freedom and it, the same thing happens with music, but it's just, it's different. It is very different. Yeah. But it's a magic. There's a magic that happens. And I do things, I'm able to do things that I couldn't do if I wasn't on stage. Do you, have you done uh, stage acting mostly or have you done film acting? A little bit of everything. Stage, gotcha. film, TV. Yeah. That sounds pretty close to my background. And I, I, I think... I, it's fun to listen to you talk about it because you're kind of explaining it kind of the way I feel about it. Oh yeah. So yeah, it's, I mean, I see them all kind of as the same in a way because it's a, it's like, it's almost like a sport too, where you do your prep work and then you're trying to get to where you're just going to flow with it and enjoy yeah. it. And then hopefully the people who are around you do as well. And I think working for film or video is a little different because you, you don't have the the bigger audience. The audience all of a sudden is smaller. It's a crew and it's a director. So it is yeah. different, but I think it really, I, I kind of feel like it's the same too, because it's and the you same. Just, you because just if you want to be badass, if you want to be yeah. good, you should treat film like it's on stage. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, but you asked, you said something that's so true. I think that most people won't say that do it is that you want to be watched. And I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. And it's so true. I mean, that I think is what hit a chord with me more. I mean, it's like, that's kind of how I feel about it. Try to explain something. You use the example of curtains on the wall, but try to explain to someone why you're doing it. And they'll go, you know, Hey John, you know, maybe you could do this and maybe you could do that. And, and like, Hey dude, I don't think I asked you what I should be doing. Yeah. You know, and I get it that you don't see why, because you're not there with me the days that it clicks to the to the way you've described it. It's really quite beautiful the way you described it. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I you never I, really thought about it actually like that. Well, I think yeah. it sounds pretty healthy to me, first off, that you acknowledge you have an ego because a lot of artists don't think they'll be like, I don't have an ego. And it's like, <laughs> hey, dude, yeah, thank you for the laugh because that's stupid. That's the dumbest thing. That's you can your say. ego talking right there exactly. saying you don't have an ego. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a, it's a strange pursuit, but you seem to have um, landed in L.A. with with everything going on, um, at least musically, I, I, it's wonderful stuff. I'd like to um, throw on Livewire at this point. Oh, so the audience sure. again, yeah, can hear a little more of what you do instead of me just talking about what you do. <laughs> Sounds good. All right.
Now, Livewire, I like that as well. That's got this really kind of like laid back, groovy thing. Mm-hmm. And I guess after talking to you, I can hear some of the jazz or blues influences, but that just sounds like it's just an artist who's figured out how she likes to present her songs. Do you write? Is that something you wrote? I assume it is. Yeah. Well, the other music I haven't really talked about that's a huge influence is hip hop and rap and like uh, old school, old school. Like I love like Biggie. Biggie's like one of my favorite and Biggie beats. I I like the laid back, that laid back behind the beat a little bit like hip hop um, type of, of of a groove. So I think that kind of snuck out in Livewire. And then um, I also really like trip hop, trip hop and hip hop. So, yeah. And I love beats. I love beats and I love rhythm. And um, yeah, that song used to swing. I wrote that in jazz school too. That song you used to swing that yeah. song? That's so interesting. Yeah. All my songs, almost all my songs swung. When I met Jason, um, my producer, <laughs> we literally had to sit down and de-jazz many of my songs. Ah, uh, that is so. You know, when I sang with Martin Lane, the jazz duo at the Dresden, I when I started, I did it for like seven years. And oh, so wow. when I, I started, I'd be like, I don't understand the swing thing. I don't know who's following who. I don't understand what's going on. I don't know how yeah, to take yeah. control that way, right? But recently, in some of the songs that I've written, I, it's not really swing, but I'm taking liberty with how I'm phrasing and things like that, they're a little jazz like. Mm-hmm. And so I can hear that a little bit in, in yours, but I didn't know that you were rooted in jazz. So you had to get, you had to kind of teach yourself not to swing things. Do you want to hear like a little bit of it swung? Okay. Yeah. Is it? I'm a live wire, a high oh, yeah. give it a Yeah. Yeah. That's yep. wild mm-hmm. because that's you totally de-swung it. Is that, uh-huh. is that the term you used? Yes. It, it, and now it has its own like presence away from that. Mm-hmm. But I, that's so funny because I remember like going, I don't even understand that. And there, everyone there, of course, sang jazz. So they knew how yeah. to do it. And then after a while, I'm like, going, oh, I see how to do it. That, that's yeah. kind of easy enough. But I, I didn't get like the bug per se. I didn't get yeah. caught by it. Totally. Yeah. You, your your stuff. You were saying a lot of stuff. You just wrote that way. That's so fascinating. Well, it's just because I was hammered with jazz all the time because I was right. in jazz school. It's, you right. know what I mean? Um, I do like to sw- like I like to swing. I like that part of jazz. I do enjoy singing. It's to fun. Jazz. It's yeah. fun. I love to play with rhythm. I love to. I mean, I do that with my songs. You know, yeah. it's something jazzy that I do. I guess. But um, uh, yeah. No, swinging is fun. But I like rock too. So it's like. Yeah. Uh, Jason helped me a lot with that. He's a fabulous producer. And um, he uh, really got me to a place I wanted to be creatively with a more edgy, less jazzy. Yeah. Well, one of the songs I'm going to put on uh, in a little bit will be Luckiest Girl in the World, which is a really fascinating um, speaking of like your vocal presentation. It's it's almost like um a musical monologue Mm. in a way, but it's got like its own, I don't know. It's, it's really, really a fascinating song to me. And and like I said, I'll get that on in just a little bit. Um, But I, it's, it's interesting too, that you had the, like hearing you sing that with, with swing, 
it's really fascinating because it's like, it would be hard for me to learn it one way and then learn it another way mm-hmm. because you own it so much, especially something that you wrote. Yeah. 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 It's weird sometimes. Like when I started to do solo shows, which I did, uh, I was doing like the last year before COVID. That would uh, be you and a keyboard. Is that how you did those? Usually? Yeah. Now I'm kind of working in beats and, and more electronic stuff, but me and, a, and the piano or keyboard. And it was a little hard, actually. I had to work on it because yeah. I wrote it sitting at a piano swing, swinging it. So I had to sort of figure out a way to play it that, you know. That you that wasn't there because that's instinctually, I mean, it becomes this thing that you own completely because you created it. And then all of a sudden you're, cha- you're morphing it into something else. Just naturally, yeah, yeah. you're going to slide into the swing, I would think. I also saw you do that... Um, on one of the one of your videos where it was just you and a keyboard mm-hmm. right but it that you didn't swing that you did that in the the time of the rock version yeah where was that it was being the piano yeah yeah you oh, and, yeah uh, uh, an electric uh keyboard and uh um yeah, and I found I found that fascinating as well because yeah. I'd heard the recorded version with the band first. How how did you end up with your band? It, you mentioned you had a producer buddy. Did he hook yeah. you up with the, the guys that play with you? Or no, it sort of was a bit magical actually. Uh, like um, I found my keyboard player who's been with me as much as I can have him on Craigslist. He's right. like the apple of my eye. I love him so much. Nice. Um, my first drummer I met, I used to teach at School of Rock, the drummer on the album. Uh, he is an amazing drummer. He used to play at that band, The Bravery, mm. from the 90s. Um, and But he had a baby right when I was starting to play out. So I found my other drummer in line. I was on my way to get a live... I was getting a live scan for like a teaching gig. And... He, the woman randomly asked me if I was a musician because of my fingers. And I said, yes. And then the guy behind me is like, I'm a musician. And I was like, what do you play? I need a drummer. And he's like, I'm a drummer. So he ended up being perfect. He was with me for a while. And then, um, yeah, my bass player, I went to Berkeley with. I've known him for like decades. That's cool. But yeah. only in L.A. do you run into a guy who's standing behind you that, that says yeah. he's a drummer and chances are he's going to be a good drummer. He's a good drummer yeah, and he you had know like the mean? perfect look for my band. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty great. My guitar player I found on this this uh, site called Band Mix and uh, it turned oh, out... Oh, I know Band Mix. Yeah, yeah. I, wasn't, I, I didn't dig it so much because all the, the musicians didn't have songs posted. They didn't have their own music yeah, posted. Yeah, it's a little weird. I'm on it. I yeah. listen while I look. I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. Really. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just... It, that part of it really frustrated me, but I had the time and I, I dug around and I found this cat and... Uh, and so I, I went through the process of saying, hey, look, I'm looking for a guitar player, blah, blah, blah. It turns out he, he lives in the apartment building, like two buildings down. See, that's some magic shit right yeah. there. I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's cool. And it's like, yeah, he's that close. And he comes over with his guitar and there we go, you know. So that's it's pretty great. cool stuff. Yeah. So I would like to put on Luckiest Girl in the World. So I'm so glad. Yeah. I feel like that song. I don't even try with that song because it freaks people out. It's a great. It's a great song. And like I say, I kind of always I hear it and I think it's a bit like a a monologue in a way. It's one of my favorite. I mean, that's why we named it "Luckiest Girl in the World." Yeah. You know? Well, let's get that on. Cool. 
So I totally dig any time uh, lyrics refer to, especially a, a woman singing the lyrics that are about snakes shedding their skin. I'm not exactly sure why, but I think there's something <laughs> there's something that's really kind of um, base about that. Oh. And and I don't know. It's like that that particular song just feels like this proclamation of love that probably doesn't feel like it's going well. Um, what, what is your take on that song? It's a, it's a lovely piece of art. Thank you. Um, that's one of my favorite songs. That's actually my newest song. I wrote that right before we record recorded, you know, the album is ended up sort of being a um, concept album like i didn't yeah. mean it to be but in like was it start with two i wrote in the 90s when i was a drug addict and then uh-huh. i got sober and then i wrote um house on a hill and live wire and double down and then i quit music and then i got back to it and then i wrote luckiest girl in the world and Luckiest Girl in the World is actually about how um, I have survived uh, myself and I, I've i had an insane amount of like struggle and pain, but I am actually feel like the luckiest girl in the world because I, um, I'm good. Livewire is kind of about that too, but um, like, and I have my voice back. That's why yeah. it's like I'll sing for you if if you want me to. It's like I have my voice back, and if I don't use it, I'm gonna drown. And like for me, the snake shedding of skin. It's like I can't uh, evolve. Like I can't. Like I'm done. Like this is it. Like this is what you're gonna get. I'm not shedding any more skin like i'm not interesting yeah do you do you so you you conceptualize a song you how does how does a song like that come from you do you just feel like um i've gone through this whole thing my body just feels tired my soul feels tired or do they just come to you i don't know what i'm writing about interesting i started to I was I had to it was with the blessing of street parking when I lived in Koreatown as I had to walk to get back to my apartment a lot and when I would walk I would get ideas and I started to sing and it was like bluesy kind of right. and then I was at a day job and I wrote the rest while I was in my day job the rest yeah. of the lyrics and 
And then uh, like I'll kind of know a little bit what I'm writing about, but um, initially I don't. Yeah, that's interesting. That is a very bluesy, as far as the vocal performance goes. It's very, uh, I really enjoy like the the way that you use your breath in that song. And that's what I think to me made it feel very bluesy. Um, I also do like, I guess I understand now too that you like Billie Holiday because it has that kind of, I don't even know what the term is, but you know how she would follow the beat a lot. Yeah. She would be, yeah, yeah. It, it, that's the feeling that I really get from it. And yeah. it really feels cool in that song. Right. And, and that's what gives it that blues vibe mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. It's, it's really a beautiful execution. Thank you so I, much. I think, yeah, um, it's it's fascinating too that that I'm going to be a little presumptuous. A lot of times with me, people will ask me why I pursue these things, and I don't really know other than the fact that it brings me joy, right? Mm-hmm. Some kind of joy that is even probably very difficult to define what how it's joyful. Uh, I'm guessing maybe you fall into that camp only because of the way you're talking about the way you write things. Is that, is that a truthful like thing for me to, to forecast about you? Is that, is that kind of where you, why do I do it? Why do I do it? Yeah. And it's okay to not know. Not not always. Like, honestly, like I do it because like, like this is going to sound a little egotistical, but like I have to do it. Like, it's sort of like that lyric in Lucky's Girl in the World. If I don't, I'll think if I don't swim, like I, um, I do enjoy writing songs, but it's a pain in the ass. Like, especially the way I write, I'll start writing. And I'm like, what the fuck is this even about? Oh like, my. and, um, and it's just like hours to work on like one verse. It's like, it's not always enjoyable. Um, and like the struggles I've had with really accepting and finding my voice again after losing it, like I've only done it because I got to do it. Like um, my life, like I'm not, I'm not, um, like I'm not fully in the world if I'm not doing it. Yeah, I I, I can understand that. It's uh, I appreciate that answer. It, it's it's do you feel like um do you feel that you're intimately sharing yourself when you do uh when you create a song that's the whole point uh i'm saying all the things that i can't say in therapy like i can't say to my mother i can't say to my lover uh i can say things that i can't say any other way and I think people can hear things that they wouldn't know that they that they identify with any other way. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's 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 lovely that you take that on. And then um, obviously you've spent a lot of time in your life figuring out the muscles on how to do it all. I mean, you mm-hmm. went to university and, and, you know, you have that study in place and you've spent some years on the East Coast doing it and then you end up doing it here as well. Um, 
it's it's really interesting to hear you say you know these things because i think a lot of times people think musicians the ego that you, you that we're talking about is yeah. like my my ego's i'm great i am great you know that mm-hmm. i think that they, they they mistake the ego that we're refer- referring to mm-hmm. um and that's really what it sounds like you're talking about is like that part of you that's that's fragile but strong at the same time and Mm-hmm. It gives you insight, but it gives you kind of misery sometimes. I don't know. Yes. It's a very fascinating thing. Yeah. Um, but you don't seem, I mean, I, I guess I should ask, would you consider yourself a person who's been tortured artistically? Yes. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like I try not to be tortured anymore, you know? Um, and it's also difficult. It's a blessing and a curse to be multi-talented. Like, uh, like I've thought about, should I just give up acting? Like I, I watched like this one comedian talk about how all she does is do comedy and she loves it. I'm like, I kind of wish it was just piano or just writing songs or just singing or just acting because I'm constantly like, oh, which one am I going to do? Um, but I just somewhat recently have come to the conclusion that my life is not complete if I'm not do- making music. And although I don't need to be a virtuoso piano player, though I would like to be you know, um, and I don't need to write 50 songs a year. Like I'm sure some song songwriters write way more than that um, because acting is a huge source of joy for me and it can be lucrative and it can actually help my yeah. music, you know, and yeah. I love it. And uh, and I come to the conclusion like I'm not going to fucking choose like I'm going to do them both. And I'm going to do them both with love and gratitude in my heart that I could do them. But the torture and like the I think the torture comes uh, from the the self-doubt that I think I think every artist has unless you're lucky. I know some people have such big egos. I'm like, get a little jealous. Like, you don't ever think you suck. Like, (laughs) like, yeah, yeah. You know, like sometimes yeah. I think I'm fucking badass and I'm really great. And then sometimes it's like, oh, God, is this is everybody laughing at me? Like, yeah. am I is, are people just not telling me the truth? Like, uh, you know, like this yeah. existential crisis uh, type of moment. So there are a lot of ways to be tortured as an artist. That's just one example. Yes. I, I try to just enjoy it, though. I think that's wise. It's just uh, at least in my experience, when it when it works and everything kind of comes together and there's an appreciation in the room for what you're doing, I think it's a, it's a pretty compelling feeling. It's the best. Yeah. It's like you just deal with all this bullshit just to have just for that. Yeah. And it's worth it. And do you place a lot of pressure on yourself when you go to perform or are you like, you know what? I'm just going to be there and do it. No, I can't. I can't. Uh, I'm usually so terrified that like I can't like all I know is like I practiced. I warm up my body. I warm up my voice. I go for whatever I'm going for with my luck. Yeah. And then I just I have a God. That's my God. I talk to and I'm just like, all right, dude, like you got to fucking help me. And so it's just not up to me anymore. Yeah. And so you can give it up and just take whatever the ride is at that point. Pretty much every time I perform, I could do it. Yeah. It's very rare that I'll be like, I'm going to drive. You know, I do it all yeah. the time when I'm writing it at home and stuff. But that's why performing is the best because it's like I'm not driving. 
<laughs> not yeah. gonna fucking jive. I used to always worry, like I did a ton of dinner theater actually, which I loved. And oh wow. Yeah, I used to always be worried that I wasn't gonna remember my first line. Uh-huh. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. Al always though. And some nights it would be like mortifying. And yeah. So it didn't really matter. I knew that I would like intellectually I knew I was gonna get to it. But once the line came out, everything just went away and then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's over you know what i mean and it's 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 interesting to hear how other people deal with it it, it sounds like it, it it sounds like you find that place you step across the threshold and all of a sudden you're just doing it and, it, and that mm -hmm. sounds really cool that sounds really lovely yeah it's the best i want to do it so much yeah it's over yeah did you do you think um this is kind of taking a shift because it's now about the business of being a musician, do you find having to deal with online uh, music stuff tedious? Do you enjoy it? Do you feel that it's helpful? I mean, obviously we do get recognition, but you know what I mean? It can be overwhelming yeah. too. What, what is your take on all of that? So overwhelming. Um, yeah. I try, you know, like I have my Instagram and I have my, you know, I decided I'm just going to focus on Instagram for my music. Right. And I've just been focusing more on Twitter for acting. Um, but I do have, you know, Twitter for, for my music too. Um, and yeah, I try to have fun with it. Like I just started to play with TikTok and like one of the things I've been doing is just writing beats and like, I'll just oh, okay. get on TikTok and I'll just sing some riffs over the beats. And like, it's kind of fun and yeah. people are hearing me like a lot of people have heard me and it's like a really nice way to sort of get out and be visible in that way. Um, I've just spent time reaching out to industry people and music licensing people and all this right. boring shit. And um, I'm kind of like, I'll just do, I mean, I just, sometimes I feel like it's good to do that stuff. And sometimes I think it's just important to create and like let opportunities come to me like i still need to focus on getting out there and being seen having my music out along the web i don't even know how you found me actually uh i was the one who brought you in so it was um i think i think i found you uh via youtube oh no shit yeah and i think i oh. see i take when i when i was one of the guys that started pluto radio and we used to you know, this is back before we were one of the first, I, we ran one of the first online radio streams. And it, so bands were a little reluctant to us using their music and, and we would find bands that we wanted to play their music and we would email them and say, Hey, look, we're this thing. We want to use your music. And they would be pissed. They'd be like, don't fucking steal our music. Oh, wow. But and I'm like, I'm, yeah. And I'm thinking, hey, dude, I can hear it. I can steal it. If I'm asking you for it, 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 it probably proves my intention is to not steal it. Yeah. But regardless, and in a couple of years later, a shift came where the same people who bitched me out were now going, hey, dude, will you play our music for us? You know, and it's yeah. like, yeah, but I remember you, you know, you were kind of a schmo to me and all that. But the point is, is it's just something that I've always felt like I, you can't just as Pluto radio, we're not going to just sit there and let people send us their vibe because then you live in a bubble, right? It, it's like, we know what the format is. The music format is. So we want 
we want bands that in performers like yourself who you're doing something that isn't going to fit into the conforming um, marketing strategies and things like that, that to me doesn't say you're any less relevant than someone who does. And so we, we've always been going out of our way to find people. So I guess that was a long, passionate answer as to how we found you. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate it so much. You know, yeah. like, I created that album. I'm so proud of it. You know, like it was something I wanted to do. Like I've sung in many different uh, like recordings, but I never did an album with just my, my music. And right. It, I just, it was all such a magical experience, like how I met Jason and how we recorded it and how the songs went from being jazz to like this awesome kind of more vibe that yeah. I am, that I actually am. And, and, uh, so it just means so much to people for people to hear it and like it. Cause it's been a bitch to get it out and around yeah, and there's so much out there and I've reached out, you know, I've done my fair share of like reaching out to other internet radio stations and the fucking playlist game. And I've paid people to try yeah. to get, you know, and it's just at this point, I'm just sort of like, well, See, we just, don't even do that because we, yeah. I find that offensive. I find it offensive yeah. that it is, that, it that is some radio, some guy who's, who's got look doing internet radio is, is fantastic, but it, it's not like real radio and the costs are considerably different. And to have someone who is exploiting the idea of like, well, yeah, we'll play it, but you have to promote it. That's pay to play, man. albeit yeah. in that scenario, you're not paying. And then they actually do pay to play. And you're yeah, like, yeah. what the fuck yeah. is wrong with you guys? Yeah. Again, a little bit of passion yeah. slipped out. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I mean, look, I feel you. That's how I feel about the clubs in L.A. that, you know, yeah. the, pay to, the pay to play in L.A. It's bullshit. I actually, actually, I got in. I had some words with this the where I played in the House of Blues. Right. I didn't realize it was a pay to play uh, until my second gig. And it was like raining and like, I'm not from Anaheim, like, and I, I'm still somewhat new as far as getting momentum. Like I had a couple people come, but I'm not going to fill the place. And he was like, well, you can only play if you have this many people. I was like, excuse me. Right. Like, I was like, I, I let him have it. I'll let him have it. Yeah. No, I was like, by the way, we're really fucking good too. You're lucky that we're here. And he's like, he he didn't like that. But after we played, he was like, okay, all right, yeah, that's it. I'm glad you guys played. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stop trying to exploit you or extort yeah. you, basically. You know. Yeah. It's 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 it, that's a whole nutty world, and I guess I, that's why I like talking about it, kind of in these podcasts with musicians, because it, it it's you know if if someone who's not a musician is hearing this, they'll be like, wait a minute, they make bands pay? And it's like, well, no, they'll make sure you have to have X amount of people there because then they know at the door you're, you're getting that much money or whatever. It's just, it's really a shitty thing. I, I think I went out for a while when we started Pluto radio and we would go to the club. So we got kind of glad handed in, which was a whole interesting experience for, you know, being the person who all of a sudden people care about. Yeah, 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 yeah. And on the other hand, if I go out to play, they could care less about it's me. Of, it's just such a strange thing, really. Yeah. So you, I guess you have to love it to do it. Especially here. Like if you're in a hub like New York, L.A., uh, I imagine, I don't know, uh, 
Texas, one of those cities in Texas, uh, Nashville, you know, Austin and like yeah. if I'm in bumfuck like Virginia, I think that you get a little bit more appreciation for being yeah. a band. Yeah. Um, it's part it's part of being, you know, swimming with the big fish, I think, is being treated like a minnow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They, they have the abuse down, I think, at this point. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll see after COVID. You know, after COVID, things are going to be different anyway because I don't, yeah. you know, there's no guarantee that people are going to want to go out in big numbers. Yeah. So, okay, now you're open. Now you can play. Now, you know, the house is starting off at one quarter full. That's a good night. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. what's that going to feel like? It's not going to bother me. If I go out to play, I go out to play. But it's just going to be a weird landscape, I think. Yeah. I just, I just want everybody to get vaccinated so we could just yeah. get, on, get on with it. You know, I want to tour so bad, like so bad and all this. Yeah. It, you know, it, it will wrap up. I mean, eventually or quickly one way or the other. And, mm. and, but it is, it's, it's obviously really for people who perform live, it's, it's, it's crushing because, you know, you're just not plugged into that drug that you're used to having. Mm. Yeah, I do get a little fixed. Like, I did. I've uh, there's this app that I I was streaming on for a while. It's weird. I'm not even gonna tell you about it. But it was uh -oh. fun. But it was fun. Um, but I've done some shows on Instagram where I've like promoted them like a show, and yeah. I treated <clears throat> it like a show. And I get a little of the juju. Like I get, you know, that magic. Yeah, comes. It's fun. So I'm grateful for that. And I'm going to do more of those, more of those, you know, over the next couple weeks and months. But so I'm, I'm grateful for that, at least because people, you know, some people don't have any kind of a substitute, you know? Right. Yeah, it's 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 a strange time that way. I mean, it's uh, playing out. Um, it's it gives you something and not being able to do it as, as I've been saying, it's just a yeah. strange thing. And it's, yeah. it's nice that you're sharing, you know, your experiences with it. It really is. Yeah. You know, it's, it hasn't been too hard on me. Like, well, thankfully I love to be alone at home. And um, right. <laughs> I like, I've just been learning Ableton, writing beats and hanging with my cats. And, um, like if you tell me, oh, you can't go outside. I'm like, cool. I'll be inside. Like I didn't <laughs> come funny. to LA for the weather. Like, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, just making the best of it, you know? Well, that's very cool. Thank you for talking to me. Uh, the podcast is, is going to be fantastic when I post it. If you would be so kind as to let others know where they can get a hold of you or your music or your art in any way. Yes, sure. Thank you so much for having me. It's nice yeah, to see, nice to meet your face, as I like Thank you. to say, and Thank you. Uh, to chat with you. Um, so yeah, you could find me uh, my website redgravejones.com, red like the color, grave like dead, jones.com, <laughs> um, and then if you just Google me too, you'll like I, my music's on Spotify and iTunes and all those places. Um, my handles on Instagrams at Redgrave Jones, Twitter's at Redgrave Jones. I got a little playful with my um my handle for uh TikTok. It's Madam Prey. Madam with a E M A D A M E Prey like killing something. P R E Y. Yeah. Well that is fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. 
Thank you so much. Stay yeah. safe. You as well. I will. Thanks. Hey there, this is John. I want to thank everyone for listening to the Mobile Radio Carnival at the CEF.world. I also want to say, hey, thanks, Red Grave, for being on the show. 